0: Today we have Tudor Franku on the show. You don't have to be a doctor to invest in multifamily apartment communities. Dr. Tudor Franku has been investing in real estate for over 18 years. He started with single family and scaled into multifamily and he's here to teach you how to do it too. You want to own an asset that will preserve your capital while still providing you with a steady stream of income. What could be better than owning a multifamily property? It's one of the smartest investments you can make. Listen and learn how to invest in tangible assets. Before we jump into the intro, if you have interest in learning how to invest passively, check out my five-step process for passively investing in real estate. You can download it for free by going to darrenbatchelder.com backslash learn, and then select the free PDF. Now, onto the intro. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing, be introduced to the players that are getting it done, and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. A little background on Dr. Tudor Franku before we start the show. Tudor lives in Annapolis, Maryland with his family. He started by investing in single family and then scaled up into multifamily. He attributes the key to his success to associating yourself with the right people and having the mindset to go after your maximum potential in life. Now, on the show. Hello, everyone. Today we have a very special guest. We've got Doctor Tudor Franku.
1: Tudor, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Darian. Thanks for having me. It's a it's a great pleasure.
0: Absolutely. So, just a little bit on how we know each other. Tudor and myself are both part of the same uh, multifamily mentorship group, uh, the Brad Sumrock Group out of out of Dallas. You know, we haven't met in person, but we have had phone conversations. And I am interested in understanding, you know, how a doctor gets involved, how he's getting other people involved. And I think that we're, we're all going to learn a lot from him today. So with that, can you start by just sharing how many properties and how many units you're invested in?
1: Yes, Darren, thank you so much again. Um, to answer a question briefly, uh, I'm a total of 3,700 units at this point from that about 370 as a GP and the rest is an LP. You've been busy, my friend, <laughs> because when did you join the, the group? I, I actually joined last year. It's about uh, almost a year
0: right now. So a year, did you do all of these investments in one year? Yes. That's incredible. You are like, you know, when you decide to go
1: after something, you go after it. Yeah, it's, uh, it tends to be my pattern.
0: Historically. <laughs> so, for, first, well, actually, not, not the first, the second doctor I've had the, on the show. Um, are you practicing doctor? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. What, in what field? I'm Share a, with the a, listeners.
1: A, I'm an anesthesiologist. Okay,
0: fantastic. So, why real estate? Why multifamily?
1: Why not? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's a great uh, field to be in. Um, I've always been. Um, interested in this field and actually, you know, it became a hobby initially, and then it became a business. Um, I was, uh, I started, uh, with single family homes many, many years ago, about 18, 20 years ago. And I built up a portfolio slowly, but surely. Um, and I realized with, uh, years that, um, you know, besides getting older, um, I'm getting busier and, uh, it's all in our yeah. mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you know, it became harder to, to manage those properties year by year. So I thought about any solution to scale up from that level. And it seems that multifamily was the right thing to do. Um, I didn't necessarily know how to do it. Uh, but as, as you mentioned, I dove into this field about a year ago, uh, at this level and it has been going really well. So far, uh, my previous, uh, deals were, you know, close to multifamily, but not really considered a multifamily. It was a building of seven units and another one of six units. And then, um, I kind of got a taste of how it is to be at this level.
0: Well, it's it's strange because, you know, before surrounding yourself with a group of like-minded people that are going after these 100-unit, 200-unit, 500-unit type of properties, you know what? Going from a single family to six or seven units, like to a lot of people, that's like, that's a big jump.
1: It's six and, times you know,
0: <laughs> Right. And then, you know, The thought of, wow, you know, maybe someday I can owe 10 years, but then you surround yourself with all these other people and you see that they do it. And then you're like, if they can do it, I can do it.
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, this is the key to this whole business is the people, you know, the people you surround yourself with and. You know most people know that you're basically a, an average of the five people you're you're with you know around you so it's very important of the group you belong to and the mindset of those people that's why um, when I first met uh, Brad Samrock um, I, I realized that he he built already this kind of network and this kind of group um, and I kind of, you know, tried to find more information about the group initially. I was not really sure. And he was, I remember he was joking with me that, you know, you, you're going to regret a year later that you didn't do it on time. Uh, and I was like, yeah, but I'm still, I'm still looking. But once I dove, I'm st- I started in this group, I just went hundred percent.
0: Yeah. That's, oh, so you, you met him a year prior and you let a year lapse Where you did where you didn't take action. Yeah. So you know what? I mean, the way I look at it is I'm 51. Now I got involved four years ago, 47. And I'll talk to people that are in their 20s and 30s. And I'm like, I wish I had started investing in real estate 20, 30 years ago but I'm glad that I I do it
1: now. Right. So like we can't go backwards, but at least we're doing it. Right. Absolutely. And it's not a matter of competing with anybody. You compete with yourself right? Um, and I don't see myself going like in a race with anybody else. It's just a race against my possibilities, my potential, you know, how far can I get? And um, you know, it's, it's just um, a single lane that I have um, that I'm, com- I'm competing against myself basically.
0: So talk about that. You're competing against yourself, and you're, you talked about your possibilities and your potential. Like, why are why are you doing it?
1: Again, um, I think it's a very easy way if you focus and you get educated about the subject to become financial financially free, um, and that's a first step to have whatever you want to accomplish in your life. Um, money is not the goal. Money is just, uh, a, a, a way to get to that. Um, and I don't make money as my goal, uh, ever. Um, I just want to have some, you know, basically a step ladder that I'm, I'm working through, uh, in my life. And so far it's been, it's been a great journey. I mean, I, you know, I started, um, I started in, in communist Romania. Um, I came here when when I was 28, um, starting from scratch. And here I am a couple of decades later, you know, talking to you about multifamily.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. So, so many people I talk to like are trying to get to a number, you know, that they're trying to get to either a number of units or or a net worth number. And I love that you—you know—it's just—it's just pushing yourself, you know, to to reach your full potential. And I think that uh, one thing that I love about this business is that it forces you to not only help yourself but help other people along the way. And you know, the syndication business—you have other investors that come alongside you, and and you help grow the wealth of not only your family but all the investors involved as well. And that to me is, you know, a way of giving back.
1: Absolutely. And I think, uh, this relates to the fact that there's so much you can do by yourself in your life. Uh, of course you can give hundred percent to what you're doing, but in terms of accomplishments, um, the team works much better than an individual. So, you know, it's, it's great when you have a great team of people to leverage each one's potential and qualities and get to a bigger goal. Right. And that's what the multifamily business is about because you partner, partner basically with um, a couple of other good uh, syndicators and um, mind-like people that can help achieve a goal for a bunch of other investors. Um, and, you know... I started in this business as being a passive investor initially, just to kind of get my feet in the water um, and see how groups are working and try to meet as many people as I can. Um, And after that, I realized that, um, you know, when I got, I don't know if it was luck or it was me or I'm not sure uh the stars aligned somehow, but I was invited by a great group that, you know, we all know uh with AJ, Tom, and and Mike Hardage um in my first deal. And um there was, you know, I'm very grateful for that. That was my first um my first initiative in and in becoming a general partner in a deal. And um, I learned a lot from them. I continue to learn a lot from them. Uh, you know, it's been a, a continuing edu- education in multifamily with this group.
0: Uh, absolutely.
1: Um, I think you're also in a
0: unique position. Um, you know, I, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of people in, the, in our group and in the space that come from either the sp- single family space, you know, that wanted to scale. And that's similar to your story. Um, or two that are engineers. There's a lot of engineers in in this business. Um, but I don't see that many doctors, you know? So I think that you are in a very unique position where you can be a voice. Because look, in anything in life, people like to have some commonality, like to have something, a connection. And, you know, with you being a doctor and you being able to, know what they went through to become a doctor and what they do on a day-to-day basis. It, you know, they could
1: trust you to help
0: educate them. Is that one of your goals or missions or anything like that? Yes.
1: Um, yes. I think uh, it's a great point you made. Uh, the fact that um, I belong to a certain community, professional community uh, creates a certain bond with, with a lot of people in that field. And, um, I certainly want to be an example for the field, for the medical field, being able to be more entrepreneurial, uh, get more financial education for for people like like me in this field. Uh, What I notice over the years is that most of the the medical practitioners are very focused on their practice. Uh, They try to get better. They educate themselves in, in, in medicine but they, it's hard to find time, I would say, to think out outside of the box. And I'm trying to spread that word to people like me and let them know that there is another way out there rather than just uh, being a, you know, great doctor, but, you know, work till you retire. It's It's certainly, um, it it can, it's a passion of mine. I always wanted to practice medicine and I'm still going to do it, but not at the level that uh, I can basically become financially free from medicine. It's hard to these days to do that. So, you know, a field like this with multifamily can be certainly a a great solution for people like me. Uh, Not only passively investing, if you don't want to have, you know, an active role, but also become um, um, actively involved in this and, and start educating yourself. It doesn't take long compared to what we've been through. And you know, to get to be a doctor in medical school, uh, this is a degree also in multifamily that you can get by educating yourself for a year or two or three and get uh, much, you know, much better financial results. I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what do you, what do you think the the biggest, like the number one benefit to say a doctor, let's say you just start like a passive investment. You know, what's the, the number one bonus or factor to diversify out of what they're currently investing in?
1: The fact that you own an asset. Um, I think most people forget that investments are um, usually seen as gambling. You either put money in your stock market and pick up uh, randomly, you know, mutual funds or stocks or bonds or whatever you want. You have no control about that. Uh, Market goes up and down completely independent of your uh, control. And um, you know, any other, you know, keeping money in the bank will, will probably get you a negative return at this point to the inflation that's out there. Um, So uh, Investing in real estate is the probably one of the best ways to own an asset, create a cash flow out of it and still get some capital gains at the end of the of the sale process. Um, And even if something goes wrong and you don't get as much money as you projected in cash flow, you still have an asset. Right. Uh, you still can, you know, ride that wave until you can sell it or improve it. Um, so I think the mindset right there has to change in in the in the medical community and look at at investments at an up as an opportunity to have control and own something with your money.
0: I think that's great. Um, a few things based on what you said. One. You know, I think that there's not just doctors, but I think that a lot of people, and I was guilty of this, like I made great money and, and just put money aside into the stock market and just thought that that's what I'm supposed to do. And it wasn't until i frankly, that I met other real estate investors and, and that put me onto different books that I read. And, and then you realize that, no, you like, look, you, you had to work hard to become a doctor or whatever profession you're in, you know, but you earn that money. You have to take control of that money, right? You have to be, you have to have ownership. You have to have control over that and know where you're putting it. And I just would take a percentage and put it aside and like hope that the stock market was going to take off. And, you know, like you said, you, you said own an asset. Another way of talking about that I think is, you know, um, Wealthy people talk about capital preservation. You know, once you have that money, you don't want to lose that money. So owning an asset, you know, is a great way to park that money where there's a low probability that you're going to lose the capital that you put into it. Yeah, Um,
1: absolutely. And I think one of the other um, most important advantages in this field for medical professionals is that. Uh, you also get a tax benefit out of that investment, which um, referring to, you know, the kind of income level that in general medical professionals are getting, it's important to think of that aspect too, because, you know, taxes are our biggest expense in life. Yeah. Um, Nobody wants to deal with it, you know, but it's true. It's the second thing you can't avoid other than death, right? So, Uh, You have to think that way. Um, And, you know, this this field provides a great opportunity for people, even passively investing. I'm not talking about general partners, just limited partners to get a benefit from that depreciation uh, percentage on on the asset that they're they're buying uh, and offset some of the of their income that way uh, and saving taxes.
0: Let's talk about that. Somebody invests $100,000 and there's a, you know, forecasted distribution. Talk about kind of what in, what's the marketplace in terms of uh, multifamily investments. What can somebody potentially uh, consider to be their return, on, you know, each year from distributions? And then how does that tax benefit help?
1: Yes. So, um, in general, the simplest way to to get involved in this is to you know uh, get together with a syndication group, um, participate in in a raise for one of the assets, and invest anywhere you know a minimum amount could be anywhere from twenty five thousand dollars to one hundred thousand um, dollars, and uh, you know invest in that property for anywhere from three to five years. Get a cash flow um, of eight to ten percent, and also get some capital gains at the end of the asset uh, sale process of anywhere from you know one point eight to two times your your investment. Not only that, but the tax advantages that come annually from the depreciation of the asset that you bought uh, the property that you bought can offset your initial investment for example if you put hundred thousand dollars in the first year let's say uh, depreciation is close to a hundred thousand you can potentially offset that investment in taxes and take advantage of that depreciation As, you know i'm not a cpa i i don't want to give advice to to people, uh, uh, like that. But, uh, there's certainly ways that you can talk to your tax, uh, strategist and, and plan that ahead. Um, that's something that it's in your control. You don't get any tax benefit out other, other investments.
0: The other thing is, so, you know, let's just talk about, so because some, some people can take advantage of the entire depreciation, you know, if, you, if you're if you a full-time real estate professional and and some people can't, um, but the distribution that they get, you know, is passive income. So you can take that depreciation against any passive income you have. So if you have other rental properties, I'm sure you have doctors that are invest, invest in other single family, you know, yes. um, and so they have other rental income. And so they could take that loss and apply that to any income, you know, and offset that income. And that's a huge tax advantage. If they don't have any other uh, passive income at a minimum, they can, they can have it cover the distributions. So you mentioned eight to 10%, you know, in this market is so competitive. I hear a lot, seven to 8%, but you know, let's, let's just use 8%. If, if you are able to take that depreciation and cover and not pay tax on that, then you're really comparing that. To you know, it's probably a 10% return, you know, versus, and, you know, when you're apples to apples, you may, they may have stocks that are providing dividends of 5%, but they have to pay taxes on it. And so now it's a 3% return. And here you've got a 10% return. So like, those are different things that people don't fully understand until they get involved. And I think it's fantastic to have a doctor out there, you know, because sometimes these conversations happen in the hospital, like, you know, while you're working with people,
1: right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And um, you have to realize that in the the medical community, um, trust is a a big component. Right. Um, You know, sometimes, you know, you work with the same people over and over uh, every time and every day. So you create a bond with, with them. And the fact that you talk about these things, create some kind of, um, excitement, uh for, for people around you, you know, and, and you can, I'd love to educate people on this because I, I was maybe fortunate enough to, in, in my past to have some kind of exposure to the financial world initially. And I educate myself also, um, when I came in the United States and, you know, I had, um, uh, two or three years where where I work in in a financial uh, field before I I start doing my residency. And I always had this thing in the back of my mind that it can get better. I can do something better than what I'm doing. And again, it it comes to your own goals. uh, It comes to to your own line um, and lane uh, in life and you compete with yourself and you get better day by day. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to become more financially free and not have the stress of day-to-day operation or month-to-month paycheck or, you know, anything like that. And I'm sure it's not an issue for the medical professionals at this point, but it's a matter of how many things you can accomplish uh, by earning that money, right? And if you can take some tax advantages from that, that's great. If you can own a property with that, that's awesome, uh, if you can get a, a better cash flow monthly, that's excellent. Why not? Um, right. You know, exactly. otherwise I can go and play the lottery and, and pray that I'll, I'll win. Uh, it's the same with stock market, basically. Well, well you know. got, got be, you know, rich from stock market. I, I'm not disputing that. Right. But it's a, it's a different alternative for people that work hard for their money to have something secure over the years. Right.
0: Secure and, and you know, you don't have to take everything out, right? I mean, and diversification, right? I mean, people talk about diversification all the time. But I think that if you're in this, in, if you only know the market, real estate, like, sounds complex to get involved with it. You know, it's, and you said it earlier, like, doctors, they're focused on their practice, and they're learning, and they don't want to spend a ton of time trying to learn this other thing. And that's where you come in, where you actually can say, you know what, to start out, to do it passively, it doesn't take a ton of time, right? I mean, I took, um, so you mentioned the partners that you're in that deal with. Well, I was a KP on a deal with Tom, and you know my wife and I invested 100,000 dollars three years ago, and last year, it went full cycle, and we got our 100,000 back plus another 100,000. And we didn't do anything after we wired the money. right? We were passive. And Tom and his partner, Jack, they managed the deal, and I was like, "Holy cow, this is a completely different world." you know Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, that's, that's a, again, one, one thing that is very important in this business is that the people you associate yourself with and um, going to the meetings, going to the sessions, uh, going to the networking events, uh, it's very important also, you, you get to form some kind of relationships, you get to know that, that person better, mm-hmm. you start choosing between different groups uh, based on their results and their personalities so uh, of course, that's a, a big component of where you invest your money in, but you have to start somewhere. Right. We, all of us started with the first home or with the first apartment building. Right. You have to take that first step and you, you can be like paralyzed in fear because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, at some point uh, you have to take a risk. And most of the time, you can go really wrong because it's an asset. Again, it's not gambling. It's an asset that you're going to own.
0: I think those are fantastic. Yeah. I I
1: think again, most people in, in the medical field are afraid, you know, some people say, okay, let me start with just buying a a single family home and rent it out, see how that rental property goes they work a lot in them. They have to manage by themselves. They deal with tenants, with toilets, with, you know, all this kind of issues. And uh, they're afraid. Right. But the amount of work that they put in, it's maybe the same, maybe less even to participate in a, in a syndication deal like that. And the, the step from one single family home to 10 units or 100 units. Is the same. Is the same amount of work. Is the same amount of time. Why not scale up?
0: It's mindset, right? I mean, you have it's to it, it. You have to to be introduced to somebody. It could be one person or many people um, that educate you on that. And so, you know, a lot of these doctors, well, they're not listening to podcasts and reading books. They're reading medical journals that yes. you know on how to how to further their practice. And look, I applaud them. That's, wh- that's who I want to see when I go to the hospital is somebody that is focused 100% on, on you know, their patient's healthcare. Um, but if you can be that bridge to them, to show them that, you know, I wish I had known about this a long time ago. Um, the, you know, the one thing that's weird about this business is that you actually have to get an invite You know, to participate in one of these deals, you have to be on, you know, somebody's email distribution, you know, so when they get a deal, you get an email saying, hey, we've got a deal. Do you want to invest? Yes or no. And and
1: you have to have a relationship, a prior relationship with them, too. I mean, it's it's a very strict SEC regulated business.
0: If you don't have that, then you don't ever even get asked to the table.
1: You know: Yeah, exactly. So that's where networking starts to, to become important, and the, the time that you have to network with people, absolutely uh, other than medical field. Um, you know, I always tell my colleagues and my friends in this uh, profession, I said, "You still have weekends." Uh, if you practice the whole week, you still have weekends. You, you want to spend, you know, half of that weekend, maybe networking with people once a month, come to a seminar, um, start educating yourself, um, start meeting people that are in the same uh, business. And that way you get to participate with mind-like people in, in something in common, in a team. Um, as a passive investor, like you said, you, you have to start somewhere, Um, my first deals were passive investing. I didn't, I didn't. Did you learn
0: uh, from, did you learn from being a passive investor?
1: I learned a lot. I learned a lot. So talk about that. My, my first deals as a passive investor, um, not only that I, I wanted to invest some money to get some returns, but primarily I was looking for groups that can, um, teach me that can, they're, they're transparent or their processes that I can learn from that are sending, you know, monthly statements and newsletters and let people know how things are done. That's what I wanted to accomplish, not necessarily to, you know, double my money. Um, you know, that's going to come later, but uh, I, I primarily wanted to get educated in this. And then little by little, you find yourself in a position that you become comfortable with certain things and you say, okay, what else can, can be done? how, much higher can I go with this? And slowly you find yourself in a position that people look at you being interested. um, Like, you know, like I I was with the first group I participated with. um, And you become one of their teammates um, and you continue to learn and you learn the whole life like this. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, any anybody in multifamily businesses can be considered... A, a, um, a they perfect. haven't arrived. Right. <laughs> right. Um, everybody's learning, including Brad. I mean, he's very humble. He's very um, looking, as you know, looking always to improve himself, to uh, coach um, himself with other people better than him. But again, it's all about our own lane. We don't compete with it. I'm not competing with Brad. I'm not competing with you. I'm not competing with anybody else. It's just... Uh, my own potential and I love to share my experience with other people in my field and also learn from people that are better than me. Yeah. One thing that I noticed and I loved about this business initially is that people are very willing to share, uh, to share their experiences, to share their network, to share their tips in terms of how deals are made, what you look for, what you be Mm -hmm. careful with. Um, You can burn yourself. Also, but again, it's a, it's a burning sensation that m- makes you improve. Um, and you go, you know, you go one step at a time, but people are willing to share tips like that and, you know, hold your hand and say, okay, you know, if you, if you don't know how to do this, let me show you, let me send you a link. Let me sh- share, a contact or, which is a great thing. I haven't experienced this in single family homes, honestly, right. um,
0: I haven't experienced no. it in any other industry other, <laughs> other than this. Hey, yeah, Talk about what, what does that mean? You can burn yourself.
1: Uh, so there, there's some uh, deals where you don't know how to do things. And I certainly was in that position at some point last year that I was in a position that I didn't know how to do things. I didn't know how to get out of a situation in multifamily, and I asked for help and it's interesting how the network was there for me um I got coaches to help me uh from this group um I had other people to to advise me on you know what their perspective is and how to get out of that situation and overall I think it was a great learning experience for me um there was one deal that I I couldn't I couldn't close. Uh, I I we did everything well, and it was completely out of our control to close the deal. There was nothing bad that happened. It was just a a great opportunity for me to see how much can I learn from this <laughs> and how much can I improve for for the next deal I made. Um and. Um, in a way, I'm grateful this this happened like really early in my uh, multifamily career because you get humble you 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 get you put your head down and you say i'm not I'm not there yet. I still have to work on things. I have to learn. I have to educate myself better. so is there um, anything
0: that you can share for the listeners that they may want to? watch out for, or that they can learn from, from, from that yes. experience?
1: Um, look, uh, the one thing that I can share is the people you associate with. Um, as I said, it's very important who you network with, who are the people around you, um, their level of, um, expertise and the way they handle difficult situations, because everything is good when things are going well. Um, but when things are not going well, you see people's real faces, and you you discover um, you know how people deal with stress and with with difficult situations. And again, I didn't have that kind of disappointments. That my team was great. Right. Um, well, it was somebody else in that I didn't have control about uh, in the in the landing field that um, basically you know didn't do the right thing. Sure. So there's always a possibility there that you might do everything right and things might still not work out.
0: Right. Well, but, I, while you were saying that, I was starting to think of like, you know, doctors being in the operating room and you, you mentioned exactly. difficult situations, right? Like there's yeah. all of a sudden something happens that in, that is not expected and there's some seasoned doctors that are calm and cool and collected and they get manage their way out of that issue. Even if maybe somebody junior was, you know, initially doing the work. Um, and then there's other doctors that may freak out. Right. And like, who do you want to associate yourself with? Who do you want to learn yes. from? You want, you want to learn from the one that is, you know, cool, calm and collected in those difficult
1: situations. Absolutely. And I, I've had these situations in my um, medical life uh, many times. And the only thing that you realize is that you, you can do your best every time and things might not go your way. And that's okay. Um, That's okay. Because you learn from it and you become better. Yeah. Next time.
0: And, in, you know, another example on the, on the network, COVID, right? When COVID happened, I was very thankful that I was part of a group that, like, all of a sudden, Brad was like, hey, we're going to have weekly calls. And, like, all these people came on, and what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, if, if you owned an apartment complex and you were a one-man ship, like, you wouldn't have all that that feedback, you know, and, and it's not that you have to take all that advice. You can hear 10 different things and then, Hey, uh, that one resonates with me, you know? Um, so it's nice to have that. I also think about networking, you know, networking is about partners. You talked about, you know, Tom and, and the, you know, the, and AJ and Mike cartage. Um, but it's, and it's also about attracting investors but it's also networking with other syndicators, right? And you may learn something that somebody did on a property that you could apply on your property, you know. Or all of a sudden you have a fire on yours. You've never had a fire on a property. You call, you know, this other guy had that issue. You call up, and this is how I handled it, you know. So there's there's a lot of different Absolutely. advantages of of networking yeah. and growing that
1: community. And uh, you know, another thing that I learned from from last year. Um, journey was that you have to assume something will go wrong, uh, somewhere and you have to be prepared for it. It's not a matter of if, um, something will go wrong is when it's going to happen. Uh, the point is that are you prepared to deal with it? Right. Are you, do you have a solution in place? Do you have a plan B, uh, to deal with it? Uh, That's, that's what the investor is looking for. I'm not looking for things as a passive investor to things go perfectly. Um, I'm looking for a team that has solutions to things that are not going well. Um, And that's what it's all about. I mean, this is, you know, a typical principle of life, right? We're, we're all having issues in our life day by day. They're unpredictable. They're not under our control. But it's a matter of how you see them, how you react to them, um, and how prepared are you mentally to deal with these things. Um, And that's how my my mind frame is right now going into multifamily deals is I want to get some experiences under my belt to be able to deal with situations that I don't have under control. Uh, and it's just a matter of time that they will happen. It's just a matter of how I react to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's huge. Um, my business partner on my first deal, syndication deal, Raj Gupta out of Chicago, he, he said to me, hey, this business is all about solving problems. And, you know, it's, you're going to, just like you said, you're going to have some. Now, I want to differentiate between the LPs and the GPs because, you know, the limited partners... You're investing capital and you're, you know, once you wire the funds, like you don't have to worry about, well, you know, your money is still part of that investment, but you are not part of the, you know, having to create that solution. But to your point, you know, when you're invested in a bunch of LP deal as an LP, deals as an LP, like I love to see transparency from the general partnership group, you know, hey, look, here's the good, the bad and the ugly. But if somebody says that there's the ugly, I want to know the leaders of the ship like are, you know, have an action plan that, yes. you know, that they're taking action, that they're, they have a potential solution and it may not work. You know, the, exactly. and they might have to pivot again, but right. I don't want to get an email saying everything's falling apart. And then the, that's the end of it. Like, I want to know that I'm with competent leaders, right?
1: Right. Exactly. And another th- aspect is people that are available. Like I, you know, I'm a GP in a couple of deals, but I, I want to make sure I'm available for my investors. I don't, I don't do calendly. I don't do appointments. I may, you know, I have my phone number everywhere. You just pick up the call and call me and ask me questions. If you are one of my investors, that's what the, the whole uh, thing is about, Right. Um, you know, besides the monthly financials, the monthly newsletters and how the properties are doing, there are people out there that are concerned how, you know, they don't wait for that monthly newsletter or financials. They want to see, you know, in two weeks, what happened to the property, how things are going and you have to be available for them. And it's a big thing for me to, you know, to have investors, um, be able to access me at any time. Because I'm their only point of control, only point of contact in that deal. Um, you know, deals are states away from, you know, I have investments in Texas um, that I, I can't just like fly instantaneously there. You're in a, Maryland, a, the, right? I'm in Maryland, right. Yeah, right. Um, but I know I have a GP that I can call at any time right. and ask. On my deals, I have investors that, I know they can call me at any time and ask about the deal. So this is a big thing that people need to realize that in, in networking is a big part, but the people you network with and relationships that you create um, count a lot.
0: Yeah, that's, that's huge. And I hear it from you that it's just, you know, it's just a, a passion point. It's just, a, it's just part of your makeup that you want to be accessible and you want to, you know, you want to be available and you want to be an educator and you want to be the go-between and, you know, make people feel safe and secure. Um,
1: Absolutely. And it's a matter of, of trust also, you know, when people trust you um, with their money in, in your deal, you need to, to give back uh, that trust.
0: Um, And that's huge. And that will pay dividends. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like a snap of your finger because these deals take a lot of times three, four, five years to go, you know, full cycle. And, but what I've, I've interviewed a lot of syndicators and when I've asked how did you grow your investor base more times than not, I've heard, you know what you do right by your investors on the first deal and then they tell their friends and their, you know, mother and their father and their aunt and their uncle. And then you get these referrals and then, yeah. then, and then it starts to snowball each deal afterwards. So you don't have an immediate, you know, return for picking up the phone every time some an investor calls, but you know, three years down the road, when they're looking, you have your next deal and they're, they're looking to invest. They're like, you know what? This guy is on top of things. You know, I trust him and yes. he, re- and he provided great returns. So that's huge. Hey, what markets and are you focused on?
1: I'm, I'm focused mainly in the Sunbelt uh, States, uh, Texas, um, Arizona, Alabama, Colorado, um, Georgia, and Florida. I so think. Why? Historically, um, you know, in the past few years, the population growth happened in those states mainly. Um, you know, statistically, I think it's proven that a lot of people are moving down um, and create uh, this influx of income and jobs and, you know, um, opportunities in those states for different reasons, either, you know, low state taxes or, uh, better property um, taxes, or you know, job opportunities. Um, Why is that important
0: for for these types of investments? To have population growth, income growth, job because, growth. Uh,
1: mainly, a um, population growth would um, create um, an an influx of income um, for those people and create better opportunities for rent increases in the multifamily field. um, combined with the fact that currently the building process is not keeping up with the demand. Uh, The amount of people that are moving down there is much higher than, you know, whatever the builders can do at this point. So it's going to take a while for them to catch up with this uh, massive demand. demographic change in those states. So that's why I think the, uh, the multifamily investments in those states are primarily better than others compared to East or West Coast, because the potential is much higher in those states in the Sun Belt.
0: Yeah, I, that, I think of the same thing as like, okay, you've got an apartment building and if somebody moves out, right, and you're in an area demographic where population is actually leaving well it may be much more difficult to find a new tenant right yes. if you're in a market where people just keep moving in well you need to live somewhere and so all of a sudden one person moves out and there's you know three or four or five people you know looking to move in and and so having that competition and that Absolutely. influx of people and migration growth is, yeah. is huge
1: that's a big difference in Comparing the multifamily with single family businesses, because think about this, you know, you have a, you have a situation where your tenant moves out. You have a hundred percent vacancy for that place right. in a single family home, right? right? If you one tenant moves out in a 200 unit apartment building, it's not really a big deal, right? Um, so it's a matter of scaling up the process and Most people don't realize that it's so hard to deal with vacancies in single family homes because you have to completely prepare that place for a new tenant, invest money that you probably take from your profits. Um, In a multifamily situation, that aspect is very easy dealt with because, um, you know, one, two, three apartment building, apartment uh, units, vacant in a 200 apartment building, um, it's, it's a very small percentage, right. That you can deal with in a month or two.
0: Yeah. A few things I would add to that is one, like, okay, you say, you had somebody that renting their single family house for two years or three years, and then they move out. Right. Well, you got to go find a guy to go do all the, you know, the handiwork to fix that up. Well, on the 200 unit complex, there's a, A guy on property, that's what he does is go, you know, anytime there's a problem, he's the maintenance guy that goes and fixes it. And there's already staff that when somebody moves out, they're going to clean out the unit and they're going to get it ready for the next person. So that's continually happening. You don't have to go searching for that guy.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And don't forget about the, the cost of doing that. Um, a property management company in a single-family business costs you, you know, eight, ten, maybe twelve percent commission, uh, where you can deal with a property, a good property management in the multifamily for three, four percent. Yeah, um, that's that's a with huge with difference. someone on site all the time. Right, that's a huge difference, and that's a huge difference.
0: Now. You, you were doing single families for a long time. So you might correct me on this, but I think that, you know, people that are, you know, just getting into single family, I've heard people talk about, okay, well it's, it's, I can understand it. Okay. Well, 12 months. Okay. The rent is whatever. Let's just say thousand dollars or $2,000, whatever it is. And times 12 less my expenses. That's my profit. I mean, you know, and, And the, the loan, that's my profit, property taxes, but they don't typically build in the the vacancy where on the big 200 unit, all these deals, all these business plans are building in 10% I mean, vacancy. So it's already in there. If you do better than that, then that's just going to add to your profit. I mean, what do you see on that?
1: Um, well, this, this was an important aspect for me when I joined the group that we're in the fact that the guidelines for underwriting are very conservative and that appealed to me in a market that, um, where we don't know where the interest rates are going right now. Um, and, um, you know, it was an important factor that when you underwrite a deal, to look at the worst case scenario or close to the worst case scenario rather than the best case scenario, because you can't just, um, tell your investors, yeah, I'm going to give you this and that. And at the end of the year, you don't perform. I'd rather over, um, deliver and under, you know, overperform than, right. uh, say things that I cannot do. Um, so that that's an important aspect, you know, you as you say, you build in a higher vacancy rate than you expect. You deal with cap rates that are, you know, higher than you expect and you build that cushion in there for you to ride the waves in something goes wrong over time.
0: Yeah, that's that's a difficult one because you know and I know that In a competitive market, it's very difficult to win deals, and so um, it's the balance of providing some cushion. But when you're underwriting deals, which which you know for listeners that don't have an underwritten deals, it just means you're pulling data from a bunch of different you know documents and you're putting it in a spreadsheet to determine what the returns will be on on the property. Well, if you there's a lot of decision points. And if you take the conservative route on every decision point, every deal is going to look bad.
1: You're not going to get a deal. Right? You're
0: not going to get a deal. So, but what I've seen people do is they learn from the people that are winning deals. Right? Yes. So like, all right, well, where, where are you pushing, you know, the envelope? Where do you have the cushion? And where are you being, you know, more aggressive than other people that helps you win the deal? deal
1: and then yeah, statistically it's hard for everything to go wrong yeah at the same time your economic vacancy your interest right. rates right. your whatever <laughs> cap rates and you know and uh, the deal goes nowhere um, right but and then somebody else
0: buys that. it and they make money and you're like what the heck how'd that happen
1: Th- that happens, right. that happened actually, you know, you, you're ready to offer a certain price per door for a deal. And then somebody kind of zooms in the other lane past you with, you know, 10, 20% higher price. And you wonder how does that kind of work for you, man? Uh, I don't understand this, but it's a matter of uh, um, risk composure. You know, you, you say, okay, I'm going to be able to deal with the vacancy, but I'm not going to be able to deal with the cap rate. And and learning, right? I mean, when when you first get
0: into the business and you want to be a GP, you know, I would advise like, all right, well, if you're going after a deal and you know, that's another part of the networking. If you know the other person that won the deal and you're on their investor database, like get on their webinar. Yeah. See their business plan. You could even call them. They'll probably tell you like what, you know, and, and then you learn like, okay, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't build in that, you know, I, whatever, whatever the case may be. And you think about it and you're like, you know what, they're, they'll probably
1: be able to do that.
0: Well, Absolutely. I just, I just missed that opportunity because I didn't, I didn't think of that. And yeah. that's how we learn.
1: Yeah. And uh, there there are people out there that are very good at this, uh, of teaching the way you take risks in underwriting, um, especially in our group, um, because you know, you, you kind of average the, the risk of what people do and you take your own approach to them. Um, and you say, okay, I'm comfortable doing this in the underwriting, but I'm not comfortable doing that. And again, it's a matter of experience of how you think of what the business plan is. And if in the end, if the deal works fine, if you're not comfortable with the deal, you let it pass and you move on and you find another one that works.
0: Uh, absolutely. So, Hey, if if it- you know, one last thing that you can think of that, you know, you want to share with listeners, um, either about yourself or what they should be thinking about in terms of, um, you know, getting into the business or scaling up.
1: I would say it's all about people. Uh, in this life, it's all about people. It's all about the, the relationships you create Um, The trust um, you have in people and people have in you, um, the way you you ethically uh, behave with them and everything is going to come out of those relationships. Um, It's not how much money you make. It's not what you know. It's who you know.
0: That's huge. I, I, I completely agree. When people ask me, like, how do you pick, you know, markets and deals? I, I said, you know, look, first pick what market you want to be in, then go find syndicators in that market. Focus on the people. Who do you connect with? And then after you know who you want to work with, then look at the deals that they come out with. Because if you're just chasing the deal percentage, the return percentage There's some syndicators you may not click with and they may be, you know, putting out a deal that is, is really aggressive. Absolutely. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't know that. So definitely focus on the people. Hey, what do you, um, what's your next big stretch goal? I know that you're not focused on money. You're focused on, you know, your possibilities and, you know, where you can go, but do you have a stretch goal?
1: This year, um, I want to do probably another two or three deals, um, as as a general partner. Uh, if everything goes well and if not, um, you know, I'll work towards that goal as much as I can. Um, and you know, it's, it's all about balance, um, in life. It's, I want to, I want to live a balanced life between my profession, my uh, real estate investing uh, journey and uh, hobbies that I have and people I know and I like to spend time with, you know, enjoy the family, enjoy the um, the good times, uh, travel a little bit more after COVID. Right. Um, and just balance your life. Uh, you know, at the end, it's the memories we have. That's all we're going to have.
0: Absolutely. I think that, that that's a fantastic way to look at things. And and, um, you know, there's something about, I don't know what it is, but there is something about, and I get, I get it from you, um, dealing with people, especially when it comes to money, dealing with people that don't need the money or don't um, focus on the money. And it attracts other people, like, you know, because if somebody... Uh, just needs it so much. Like you you're, it, it scares people, right? Like, yeah. like, all right, if I give my money to that person, it may be gone. Right. And, right. and so I, I like that about you. I like that about your, your philosophy. Hey, what do you like to do outside of work for fun um, besides multifamily oh, uh, and, and being a doctor?
1: Yeah. A lot of things actually. Okay. Um, I, uh, I'm pretty go- good at ballroom dancing. Are you really? I go to um, a couple of competitions a year. With, with your wife? With, uh, with my partner, yes, and okay. my girlfriend. Okay, and fantastic. I, um, I enjoy that a lot. It's a very good stress relief from different other
0: Good for um, you. They, you're going to get you're going to get life. a lot of guys in trouble because <laughs> <laughs> my my wife would love it if I knew how to do that. And I don't.
1: <laughs> it's again, it's a learning skill. Right. You know, it's about the time you spend and, you know, if you love it or not. Um, otherwise, I uh, I like to bike. I like to travel. I, uh, I like to learn about wine. I kind of got myself educated in that field, too. I passed a couple of certifications on, on that field. Fantastic. Uh, and I have uh, a little uh, bee farm too. Do you but really? I, I have, you know, have some uh, homemade honey, so to speak, every year. Nice. my bee. Nice. So Nice. Um, yeah,
0: it's, so, it's fun. Um, a couple of things on that. The, the bee farm, uh, I'm going to give a plug to these guys. Um, do you know Jake and Gino? Um, they're, they're also you know in the yeah. multifamily world well they they wrote a book called Honey Bee and and you can read it in like a day or two it's a, it's a easy read and i would to so for the listeners i would say if you've never invested in real estate and you want a really easy book that's not complex that's a great book to start with but it was awesome. it, it's about a a guy that has a honeybee farm um and then he talks about there's learning lessons about real estate through that. But um, wine, I'm happy to be somebody that will taste wine <laughs> with
1: you. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I would be I, happy to. I would
0: love to share, share that. Um, hey, how would listeners uh, reach out to you? What's the best way for them to get to know you better?
1: Um, the simpler way probably would be my email. Um, uh, it's stellar. Multifamily at gmail.com. Okay. Can you, and, you spell that for me? Um, stellar, S T E double L A R. Multifamily, just one word, and at gmail.com. Fantastic. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm on social media too, uh, easy to find. So just, you know, reach out for advice or partner, partnerships or anything that we can do fun.
0: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And I am looking forward to talking one year, two years, three years down the road and and learning how many doctors that you were able to pull into the fold. Because I think that you are in a unique position. And I actually wrote down duty. Like, you know, it's you know, part of it is is, you know, just that you like to share. But I think that you're in a unique position that, you know, They need, people need to be able to diversify and and you're a guy they can trust. So uh, fantastic.
1: I would love to do that.
0: Well, listeners, I hope that you enjoyed that one. Until next week, signing off.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Darren.
0: Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.